Once again, a very good afternoon. This is Lifetime Live with me, Chris Alda Tudumashe, and that's uh, A Change Is Gonna Come by Aretha Franklin, one of uh, a very, um, it's it's an all-time classic. Um, it was uh, released in, I'm just uh, trying to get that year so that I don't uh, make up stuff, 1960. It was, and still so relevant. Um, it, it was written in 1960 and released in 1967. And uh, that is uh, uh, the great, late Erika Franklin. And right now, uh, from one great to another great, uh, we're talking about uh, the African National Congress. And um, as you know, that every year uh, there's going to be a statement released um, by the African National Congress. There will be a manifesto and there'll be a slogan for um, elections and uh, every January 8, which is the date when uh, the African National Congress was uh, founded, was formed, um, we we are just going to hear about the history of uh, this oldest um, uh, liberal uh, mo- liberation movement in Africa. That's what I wanted to say. And uh, joining us on the line is Professor Jablani Mapalala, who is a historian and former deputy vice dean at uh, the University of Zulu. Uh, and a former um, member of parliament in the KZN legislature. He's also an author. Um, good afternoon and welcome, Prof. Thank you so much for taking our call. Good afternoon to you and your listeners. I mean, when we talk about uh, the the oldest liberation movement, um, it's since uh, founded in 1912. What were the values and principles upon which the African National Congress was formed? Let me let me start by saying that it is not the oldest. The oldest was Punamalungelo, the second was Natal Native Congress, and then the ANC in wow. on eight January nineteen twelve. When it was established in Bloemfontein, it was in a reactionary uh, sort of uh, uh, mood because the whites had formed the Union of South Africa, and excluded uh, the indigenous people, the majority, Africans and everybody excluded in the Union of South Africa. And therefore, they made a call to say all Africans, Sultu, Kosa, and everyone must come together. Mm-hmm. But it was in a reactionary. They were reacting to, to this exclusion. And at the time, it was um, a South African Natives National Congress, was it? Yes, it was South African Native National Congress, because prior to that, there was the Natal Native Congress, where Sylvester Williams from Trinidad was sent by Pan-African Movement to assist in the establishment of uh, the Natal Native Congress. And now, this... Uh, South African Native National Congress in Bloemfontein. Mm. So when you were still going to tell us, Prof, about uh, what principles it was founded upon, what was the sole mission at the time? Well, even at that time, the main issue at that time was why African people had, uh, why African people have been excluded from the Union of South Africa. Mm. Because now you, you, you have now dichotomy. The, the Africans have been excluded all along. 
when the Boer republics were formed and when the uh, British colonies in the south were formed. And now uh, they are uniting against the African people. So that was the main thing, that they, they were not radical in the sense of the word. They were appealing to be included as part of what was existing, the Union of South Africa. And that is why they went as far as London, you know, uh, thinking that perhaps uh, Britain can have some kind of power uh, to persuade the, uh, 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 the, the Europeans here in South Africa to change. But uh, that was a, a futile exercise because Britain said, well, this, this could be done in South Africa. It didn't interfere, it didn't put any pressure to those who had excluded the African people. Mm. So at that time of its inception, there was no radical kind of mode. It was, there were, there were petitions appealing for, uh, for, for, for a change, but it was all peaceful. Even after 1913, uh, when land, when when Africans were removed from uh, 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 the land, because it was not the taking of land, but they were removed now from the so-called white uh, farms and so on. Land was taken from 1652, but now they were removed on a massive scale because in 1906, uh, some whites had been killed when there was Zulu uprising here in Natal. So that is why then uh, 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 they were, they were, the, the, the whites decided to say it was one of the main uh, uh, causes that the, the Africans must be removed from farms because if they are a majority, it will endanger the white people on private farms. And therefore, on a massive scale, they, they, they had to be removed and moved to the native reserves. Uh, where uh, the, the, the majority of them were. So that was uh, uh, the thinking uh, during uh, of the white people in 1913, mm-hmm. which had been wrongly called now because of lack of knowledge to say now the land was taken in 1913. There was no such. Land was not taken in, 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 in 1913. Land was taken long ago, 1652, when the whites came, they invaded the country, they invaded all the land, arable land, where the Africans were and drove them to the native reserves. And that is what happened. And therefore, the ANC, when it was established, it had to deal with that. But their focus was uh, England, because they thought, well, the Queen uh, or in England was not agreeing with these people. And that is why... In 1913, when the Africans were talking a lot about this, under the leadership of John Dube, uh, here in Natal, throughout, uh, he, when the First World War broke out in 1914, Dube stopped the movement. He said, well, let us not embarrass the Queen in England. Let us uh, stop now the activities, the militancy, or, or the call uh, for our land, and then it was stopped. 
because they felt that uh, the Europeans in England were different from these who were here. So it was that uh, there, there was that misunderstanding. So it went on for a, a, a long time, I think even up to today's uh, passing on. Uh, the, the idea was still that one of persuasion, mm. that uh, uh, through persuasion uh, things would uh, change, and they didn't change. The arms strategy was a very, very late thing, was a, a later, later thing, uh, when now they decided to, to engage in arms struggle, which so, culminated so in the, in the um, what you call, in the 1994. And even that one was more or less hijacked because uh, the white people said they were not defeated. So it is better to have government of national unity. And that's why that's an uphill battle because they, they were not defeated by force of arms. They felt that it should be 50-50 in a way because they were not defeated in the battlefield. And that is why uh, there's still, uh, still an uphill battle about land. About would you say, uh, yes. Professor, would you say that perhaps not taking up arms and, and, and fighting, um, fighting off whatever challenges uh, that were faced at the time and, and having these compromises, uh, sacrifices for the sake of peace um, could in a way have contributed to the challenges that we face now? Uh, the compromises, you know, went on up to Cordesa. There were compromises up to Cordesa, and they, they created a lot of problems, even up to the present moment. They don't believe uh, there was victory by uh, the liberation movement. They say it was a compromise. So, so you see, and that is the attitude, which is all 50-50. They say, no, we will not agree for the land to be taken. No, 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 we will not agree. So they, even now you can see there's some kind of compromise that we will see which one can be taken and so on. The, the fact of the matter is that to take land, land was taken by armed struggle, by the defeat of the African indigenous people who were leaders at that time. And therefore to change now to say it was uh, not taken through defeat and so on is a... Uh, some kind of compromise for those who are uh, trying to appease uh, 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 the people here who are adamant that yeah. land, no, not with land. We are not going to agree with our farms. So, Prof, because time is not on our side right now and there's so much more to talk about, uh, what are you expecting from uh, this year's uh, January 8th statement? Uh, we know that uh, last year, whether this was achieved or not, in 2018, uh, January statement's theme was Year of Renewal and 100 Years of Nelson Mandela, Year of Renewal, Unity and Jobs. And you look at uh, uh, the job stats currently, um, not quite achieved yet. Uh, uh, what, what is not quite achieved? 
the promise last year was about creating jobs and and having unity and that it was a year of renewal uh, perhaps we can say renewal um, based on the tumamina um, phenomena but when we look at uh, unity and jobs from where you stand do you believe that this has been achieved uh, no, it has not been achieved, you know, because, you see, they, let us take the indigenous African people. They are poverty-stricken, overcrowded where they are. So, therefore, the people who must take the lead are those who have wealth and then is the white people. Now, the compromise is that these should not be annoyed or feel annoyed because then people will be stuffed to death or some sort of a thing. Therefore, in the state of a nation, I think it will be that kind of compromise, even if there will be talk about land. It will be talk about land, but not in a disruptive kind of way to say all the land must come back to the people. Prof, we're going to knock again because I don't believe we've um, done justice uh, in talking about one of the oldest uh, liberation movements in Africa. Thank you so much for taking our call. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, that is uh, Professor Jablani uh, Mapalala, who is a historian, former deputy vice dean at uh, the University of Zululand, former member of, par- of parliament at uh, KZN Legislature. He's also an, an author. And we're talking about the history of uh, the uh, one of the, he corrected us, uh, so it's one of the uh, oldest liberation movements in Africa. The African National Congress uh, used to be known when it was formed in 1912 by uh, Utatu John Dube in Bloemfontein. It was the South African Native National Congress and now it's known as the South African, it, it's actually the African National Congress. That's where we leave this conversation and uh, we go straight to Shab Shab.